Tim Haig Reads Books, presented by Tim Haig. Ian Banks is one of the most successful and productive British novelists of his generation, a writer of apparently boundless invention and self-confidence. Since 1984, with the publication of The Wasp Factory, he has reached a huge and devoted audience with his mainstream books and his series of science fiction novels. Tim met Ian Banks in a hotel room in central London and set about the job of asking him about his writing, his career, and in particular his new novel, Transition. Although before that, he felt obliged to check that Ian was happy to be Scottish. This is Tim Haig Reads Books, and the book I've been reading now is Transition by the Scottish writer Ian Banks. Do you mind being the Scottish writer, or are you perfectly happy with that? Uh, I'm perfectly fine. I'm, I'm Scottish, so it would be, it'd be rather bizarre you know, to be dis- dissatisfied or unhappy being, being called Scottish, yeah. It would be, although... Uh, sort of what I'm getting at there is that you're not actually an English writer at all. If you think about what's what's sort of mainstream in, in, in quality English writing, I mean, you'll never find Ian Banks constructing a novel on, on uh, some, some sort of minor misunderstanding on Chesil Beach that then has huge ramifications. You want to go for the big robust effects. You want to do the big stuff, the, uh, the uh, fairly lurid and, and uh, involved plotting. And, and, and that's that's really not sort of... It, it's it's not quality English writing, is it? It's no, not, it's not transatlantic right, yeah. in a way. It's uh-huh. Margaret Atwood. It, it's it's Thomas Pynchon, mm. but it, it's not it's not your, uh, your, your, your Ian McEwan. I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean I think it's partly it's a kind of uh, legacy of and being a science fiction reader for so long, and it, it being my you know sort of genre of choice as it were, and then being a science fiction writer, I think it gives you a certain set of attitudes about what's possible and what can be done, and um, and what. You prepare to be satisfied with, in, in a sense. Um, and I quite, I, I still, I, I enjoy you know, sort of novels and, and short stories that are written from you know, sort of an almost miniaturised point of view, in a sense. You know, it is that um, stuff that, that's quite sort of closely uh, focused on individuals and, and character and so on. But uh, it's not really what I want to write particularly. I don't mind having. I'm, I'm prepared to admit that I do have to have uh, characters in my novels, but <laughs> really the most important aspect of it. Uh, I think plot and story and ideas tend to be more what I'm focused on, and characters kind of have to sort of find their ecological niches within the stories, you know, which to me, you know, sounds like the way life really works, you know, but um, it does mean that I don't tend to write that sort of uh, very closely focused uh, characters or driven sort of novel. Oh, actually, no, you do sometimes. Do I? I, oh, good. Because you, well, you have different manners of, of writing. I, I, I was going to bring this up. You have uh, the, the sort of the novels that take place very much in this world, you know, the mm. Crow Roads and the Wasp Factory, the first one, and um, the last one, the, la- the Steep Approach to Garbage. Mm. These, these are very much in a recognisable world that we're, that we're familiar with, oh, yes, and which are so very yeah. character-driven. Um, well, well, it depends. I, I would still say that I know the way they're constructed, and they don't come from... The characters, the characters are more almost like more like emergent phenomena, as were, you know, from the um, the story, and it's always the story that comes first. And the characters, uh, I mean, good if it looks like the characters are there first in a sense, but so I know what you mean, yeah. And they're, obviously, they're, they're very much about. Uh, I think families. That, that probably, probably is more to the point. It's really about families. I guess the families as a whole are probably more important than the characters individually. Certainly, from from my point of view. But I mean, in the end, you know, it's, it's how it reads. It's what people think when they read it that really matters. Not what uh, you know. My particular mm-hmm. taken is. I know what I was trying to do, but that uh, you know, what a writer is trying to do and what a writer actually ends up doing can often be quite different things. And it's only the one that you end up doing that. Uh, you know, other people are able to appreciate, and that is what it's all about. Well, of course, families are a, a power structure, and and 
actually power is what gets you going, isn't mm. it? You, you, you're, you're very comfortable in a, a sort of a, a shadowy uh, power structure situation where people are having to, to operate with limited information, with not enough information. Almost all of your novels depend upon that, upon, uh, depend upon the, uh, some characters not knowing what's going on and having to find out, having a, a pressing need to find out. But power structures get you going. They get your juices going, don't they? Now you mentioned it, yeah. I mean, seriously, I haven't really thought of it that way, but yes, you're right. Um, I, I wonder why. I mean, I've never really put myself on that. I wouldn't have thought myself that, that kind of... Uh, that kind of writer, almost. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not something... I'm... I'm in, I'm kind of alone. I'm not a team player, you know. An only child, for one thing. I think that sort of marks you out for life, for one thing. But um, I don't particularly thrive in you know an office environment, or I don't really regard myself. I was never you know interested in or good at sort of office politics or any of that sort of stuff. Um, I do think of myself very much as a sort of one man band in, in that sense, you know. With I, you know, hope, you know, a good set, set of moral values, but nevertheless, you know, I'm, I'm not really used to that sort of environment. So the fact that it does seem to, because you're right, yeah. Now I think about it, it does seem to figure in pretty much all the all the novels. That that's that sort of fascination with, yeah, with power and the intricacies of being involved in an organisation, having limited knowledge, and you know, I'm trying to work out you know, who knows what and what you're allowed to know and what you you can find out. So that's yeah, good good point. I don't, I honestly can't take it any further than that. But that well, seems to we, fascinate we probably me. Can. Yeah, actually, because why. we can come back yeah. to that in, within the context of, mm. of uh, this book, Transition. Uh-huh. And um, we've, we've, I've, I've suggested that there's a certain kind of Ian Banks novel. There's also mm. the, the, the explicitly hard science fiction ones that you write under the name oh, of yeah. Ian mm. M. Banks, um, which are, I was going to say, mostly concerned with the, the, the culture, this, this mostly, sort of yeah. pan, yeah. pan-universal uh, uh, culture. Um, but this one fits into another strain of Ian <laughs> Banks writing. Um, can you tell me where this one sits? Ah, it sits in the same place that the bridge sat. The bridge being the third novel, what I wrote uh, many years ago now, um, and still I think just about my favourite of all, all the Is novels. Is it? That's the one you like the best. Yeah, I mean it might it might change now with this one. I mean I've, I also uh, I have a great abiding affection for, for the Wasp Factory, but that's because it, it was a book that you know, changed my life. Oh, um, a bad book as well, yeah. you know. Oh, it's all right. You know, it's hard for me to you know, separate all these different you know, um, feelings about it. Uh, and I think uh, probably Use of Weapons is the best of this to do overtly science fiction novels. And I still have a... Uh, I really love Song of Stone. I think in some ways it's kind of... I like that ...supposed to be well. the second best, you know, but... Because um, that one very much built its own world very convincingly, mm. very uh, persuasively. And despite having its own world, was so tight, was so, uh, you know, constricted and constrained. Mm. Well, yeah, it was, a, it was in a sense, it was tension. more about characters in a way, but it's still characters that trapped in a, a warlike situation and within this very um, uh, constrained uh, uh, locale, the, the castle itself. Um, uh, but I mean, it was kind of a fairly straight narrative and a non-realistic, slightly non-realistic. It was obviously it was vaguely North European. It was vaguely latter half of the twentieth century, you know. But um, but so not science fiction, but not, but obviously not um, easily you know placeable in terms of our own you know actual. history. But that is one of the things that you do is, is to construct a, a reality that that, that uh, has has relation to the world that we know, but hmm. which is slightly different. Or, in the case of transition, construct lots of realities. <laughs> Why stop with one? Quite. Why? Well, um, the thing is, I'd, I really was wanting to do something a bit different. I mean, the, the previous, uh, well, several novels, but certainly the last couple of novels, I mean, it's fairly sort of straight and conventional and sort of linear, and um, uh, certainly in the case of Super Approach to Garbodale, the original plan had been for something much more complicated and much more layered, 
but the way this you know these things work, the way it works with me anyway, is that sometimes. Well, you always have to have a lot of scaffolding around you know, the, the, this edifice, this thing that you're building. Um, and the scaffolding absolutely has to be there to, to make the building. You can't do without it. But when you finish the building, there's no point leaving the scaffolding there. Now, I've read books, and occasionally I've almost well, written you know, books. I've left bits of the scaffolding showing. I've forgotten to take it down because you think, you think it's, it's, not as simple, it's not as simple as well if it's a metal port scaffolding, if it's concrete, it's building. It's a bit more complicated than that, and they merge into each other. Um, but I think with uh, with Garbadale, um, what I thought was was building turned out to be scaffolding. So I ended up taking a lot away, stripping a lot of extra stuff out. So I ended up with a very you know straight conventional kind of narrative, which wasn't really what it was meant to be you know at the beginning. And I didn't surprise myself in the writing when I was actually you know tapping the keyboard. But uh, it was quite a long way into the planning process before I realised that what I thought was going to be sort of complex, multi-layered, and, and quite hard to work out was actually a fairly straight, you know, conventional family novel. Um, so a lot of stuff. There were some twists, out. but it was. Oh yeah, uh-huh, I'm not yeah. sure it was conventional. Oh, well, but what it was well, is you know, by my standards. By your standards. But I mean, and emblematic of that is, is the fact that um, the the first line of of Garbadale originally was apparently I'm an unreliable narrator. Ah, uh-huh. which, so, which was taken out and has now been used uh, in reused, yeah. uh, thrift, so, thrift to much direction. better effect, I might say. You know. Yes, because that, that, that is what. Well, no, actually, you say it's the first line. There's a, there's a, a, a preamble that where um, it, it says um, this is based on a false story, <laughs> which uh, which made me laugh. I like that. Uh, well, uh, it's just one. It's one of those things. You know what it says. You know the names of the innocent have been changed to you know, names of, of some people have been changed to protect the innocent. Uh, I, someone once said uh, the names of the guilty have been changed. You know. Um, uh, I just like the idea, you know, based on a true story. Well, yeah, no, what a surprise. I just thought sometimes someone's got to use based on a false story. So, so you did. I thought this was the kind of bit I could get away with it. But it was, it was the, the bridge formed a template in a sense. It was, um, and going right back, the Wasp Factory was a pretty, you know, straight, again, conventional uh, sort of novel and quite, you know, sort of violent one and unpleasant in a lot of places, but uh, a very you know, conventional narrative, you know, straight. It had flashbacks, but they were clearly signaled, etc. Um, and told you know entirely from one person's point of view, basically. Uh, then Whereas wh- this one very much has different voices. You, you, uh-huh, you've made a yeah. point of using yeah. different voices, some of whom it's 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 clearly going to be the case. Some of whom are going to turn out to be the same person by mm. the end of the book. Yeah. And I had I had great fun trying to figure out. I had one point. I was about sixty pages in. I thought they're all going to turn out to be the same, the same person. person. <laughs> it's all going to be one person in a, in a sort of yeah. a, a, a quantum repetition uh, coming okay. back through yeah. the, through reality in se- several different guises. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think I'll spoil any for anybody if I <laughs> tell that it turned out not to mm. be true. Well, it wasn't a bad idea. Mm. Ah, you had me going there for a minute. <laughs> so why why have we got these voices? Tell me about transition. Tell me about the situation, the world in which uh, in which uh, these characters, these voices um, exist. Well, I mean, the idea was simply that uh, I liked the idea of using the idea of the multiverse or the many worlds sort of theory, um, and using and somehow being able to sort of flip between. I mean, in a sense, it's you know, it, we are kind of used to this. You know, Doctor Who's done it, and you know, Quantum Leap's done it, and well, well for some equivalents there of, as it were. Uh, even the Time Tunnel, I remember that going way back. You know, oh, so, yeah. um, uh, I just liked the idea of being able to use that, finding a, a way of using it that would kind of I felt I could justify it to myself, and therefore, you know, to, to readers, whatever. Um, and my, trying to imagine what they would actually be interested in, what could be. You're still at risk or still uh, up for so grabs. And we have an organisation then that, that which has operatives who can, well, the, the the technical term is transition from one reality transition, to another. You, yeah. you use the word flit 
just uh-huh, now, yeah. and that's that's the 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 uh, the term they use, the, the sort of slang term they use uh-huh, for doing yeah. it. Why? What 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 is the purpose of this for for uh, the organisation? Well, I, it, well, to the extent it, it simply becomes about power, and in a sense, that is one of the things that the book is about: is seeing that any anyone who's got power, you know, tends to try to protect it and, and enlarge it, and again, it becomes about politics in a sense. And so, there's a quite a feeling that although it starts out from a very benign sort of point of view, this thing called the concern or l'expedience. Um, However, you want to you want to call it. I like uh, that it was d- d- internationalist. Oh yeah, it, 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 it has to be. Uh, you, you couldn't not. You couldn't. No. You couldn't make it. You know, just British or you know, trying <laughs> with Atlantic yeah, or something. Well, kind of. You know. Uh, so it had, it had to quite an international sort of feel to it, certainly. Um, so yeah, I'm just the idea that uh, it, no matter how you know, sort of benign you, you try to start out, as, as long as you're involved with especially sort of secretive kind of politics, you will end up you know, simply trying to expand your power base and, and protecting that, and end up you know sort of morally compromised. Um, I mean, there is another final you know sort of uh, it turns out really to be uh, about um, why there's why is nobody here that, that thing you know. But this question has been asked about you know, where where are all the space aliens you know. And so in a sense, it's really about that. But that kind of only really gets you know, sort of um, brought in towards the end in a way. And there are hints of it right from the start, right from the, the prologue, you know, there's something like that going on. But does it, that's what's really all behind it. But, uh, well, if that's what's really all about behind it, of course, we, we are um, necessarily uh, dependent on the, on the, on the voices. You, you, you've got a, an unreliable relator. He says, I'm an unreliable relator. Narrator, yeah. I'm an unreliable yeah. narrator. <laughs> um, so, and, and, and we have other, other um, voices who are subject to the power struggles. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I dare say that you, Ian, knows what the, the ultimate power is and what the ultimate purpose is. But in, in a way, it's, it, we're never going to know that for sure for, uh, as mm. a reader. Um, because uh, we, uh, you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation. Mm. Is he Temujin? Temujin, I think it is, yeah. It's a, it's a proper Mongolian word, I think. He's, um, he's, yeah. our, he's our sort of yeah. principal... What's the uh, name? Well, in fact, that's what, I, think that was, I think it was Genghis, Genghis Khan's first... Name. Um, okay, I've learned something. Wait, I mean, was it? yeah. Anyway, yeah. Someone, yeah, it's like there. Uh-huh. So um, mm. he he is uh, he's not quite a cat's ball, but he he is uh, subject to the to the machinations of of his superiors, mm. and to a large extent, the, the 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 question of the book is which which way does he go? Does he mm. go with the what appears to be the establishment, uh, the Madame Dortolin? Or does he go with Mrs. Mulverhill? I loved Mrs. Mulverhill. I loved her being called Mrs. I Mulverhill. I know, yeah. Somehow being, being Mrs. Something and nothing else. Do you remember Mrs. Peel on television? Yeah, I did. It was always once, rather I know, exciting that she was Mrs. Peel instead of yes. Emma. Uh, and Mrs. Thatcher was always, you, yeah. you know, you, yeah, people thought of her as, as Maggie, but to call somebody Mrs. Something mm. and to, to de- insist upon that is to say something. Oh, and she right? does. I mean, he actually asked her right, uh, right out at one point and he says, so is there Mr. Mulverhill? He says, no. <laughs> I just like, I just like the name. <laughs> yes. You know. yes, you know. Your point would be. You know. So she, um, so Temujin is uh, is subject to these these two women, and it's women. Mm. It's, it's both women at the top of this uh, power struggle. Um, any any reason for that, or did it just not sound particularly? Like a good idea? No, I mean, in the case of Madame Doctorland, she was going to be well, like the, the character was going to be Baron Doctorland at one point, um, and I remember being slightly disappointed in myself that. Uh, because uh, usually, my you know, most of the, the the bad people in my books are 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 male rather than female. So, and I tried to get Grandma uh, Win Winifred and and uh, Garbadale 
She was meant to be quite a lot nastier than she turned out. I actually felt she quite was sympathetic. Almost then. out anti doom, wasn't I know, she? Ah, yeah. But I, I still quite liked her at the end of uh, uh, towards the end of Garbadale. She was again manipulated and um, you know could be quite cruel. And uh, but she was doing what she thought was the right thing, you know, for the family as it were, even for the business, but more for the family. Um, I felt dissatisfied that I hadn't come up with a you know, convincingly bad, you know, sort of female But Madame Dottelin's doing what she thinks is right. Yeah, sure. but she's she is more intrinsically evil. Well, what she think, thinks is right, nastier. she should have all the power. Uh-huh, absolutely, yeah, and she's you know, a murderous nutter, basically. Um, so, yeah, I, I was happy with that. And then Mrs. Mulvey was just always going to be who she was, really. So there was no particular you know, agenda as such. You know, I'd like to have a, a decent sort of spread of, um, you know, sort of male and female protagonists and central characters throughout the novels. And there's, I'm sure there's probably more, there's more male than female, certainly, but um, I like writing books. And it gives you opportunity for, for sex. Uh, does Jimujin yes, which, manages to uh, which, to them have quite a lot of sex. She actually, does. Of course. Yeah. That is uh, that is genuinely a sort of cunning plan thing going on there because there's quite a lot of extremely sort of dry uh, sort of interchange between them. Uh, 